Hey guys, happy New Year's. Want to last longer in bed this year without having to worry about lasting longer in bed for your girl? <laughs> well, then you need to get yourself some promescent delay spray. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Oh, delay spray. I don't have a getting it up problem. Well, promescent delay spray is not just for guys with PE. It is for any guy who wants to last a little longer in bed without having to worry about it. And that's because their delay spray is not going to totally numb you out and it's not going to transfer to your partner. And for your partner, they have a whole line of women's product. I am never without their warming gel. They have buzzing gel. They have supplements for both men and women that are going to make you hornier. They have everything you need for a really fun night of SEX. So what are you waiting for? Go get yourself some Promescent products. I highly recommend Promescent, but don't just take it from me. 2,000 medical professionals recommend them too. So go to promescent.com slash strictly anon. That's promescent.com slash strictly anon to get yourself some Promescent products. They have a 60-day money-back guarantee, free shipping, and your package is going to arrive discreetly. So go to promescent.com slash strictly anon. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed my show yet on the podcast app that you're listening to it on, <laughs> follow my show. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to my channel and make sure to comment on the episode. I love YouTube for that reason because I get to talk to my listeners over there. If you haven't followed me on Instagram or Twitter yet, go follow me there at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because I change everybody's voices. I change everybody's names. You could call me from a fake number, block it. You could, of course, email me from a fake email. I don't really care exactly who you are. I just want to hear your true story. So if you have an interesting, naughty, secret life that you live or just an interesting, naughty life, even if it's not a secret, but you want to be on my show while remaining anonymous, you can email me strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or go to my website strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show. Just give me a couple sentences about what you want to talk about. You could also DM me over on Instagram or Twitter. I also have a confessions hotline. If you want to leave a confession, I change the voices there too. The number is 347-420-3579. It's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I never answer that line. I post those episodes. Like I said, I changed the voices. I post those episodes over on my Patreon along with anonymous pics of all of my guests. Mostly everyone, my female guests have sent in anonymous pics. And since I've been doing it for about two years now, there's probably like, you know, 200 episodes with pics on there. If you go sign up, it's $5 a month. You get all the back catalog. You get everything moving forward. All episodes early and ad free, plus all the anonymous pics of all of my guests plus Q&As and all the anonymous confessions that I've been getting. Like I said, it's $5 a month and you could uh, cancel at any time. 
The Patreon is patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. Now, all of that information is in the description. Today, I have on Ed and Phoebe. They are the hosts of a podcast called Swinger University. They talk on their podcast all about getting into swinging. They also have OnlyFans now, too. They talk about their whole journey, meeting each other, how they became swingers, as well as, you know, towards the end, we do talk about how they got into the podcasting, how they recently came out. They were anonymous like me, and now they are out as who they are as swingers of this podcast. And they also just started in OnlyFans, where they do videos and all kinds of stuff over there. Uh, like I said, towards the end, we talk about that because we go in chronological order of their whole backstory. We start off with how they met. They had other relationships before each other. They got into swinging very early on. They talk about how they got into it, how they first started off at the uh, parties. They explain exactly what went down at the first party that they went to. They, of course, talk about like the rules and regulations they had at first. Phoebe talks about how she felt about hooking up with women, as well as like seeing Ed hooking up with women, how at first she wasn't into it. She didn't ever held him back from it, but she wasn't into it. And now so many years later, she's very down for it. She talks about that progression and how things change for her and why. They talk about where they like to meet couples. They prefer meeting couples at swingers parties and swingers clubs. They explain why they prefer that over the apps. They talk about how, you know, some of the rules that they had in the beginning went out the window. That's very common. I hear that all the time. <laughs> They're very down and open for a lot of things. They're exhibitionists, so they really dig people watching them. They are now that couple that a lot of times starts the party. They like when people watch them. They also, like I said, started a podcast because they wanted to teach other people how to get into swinging and give other people the information that they were looking for when they first started. And that's what they do over on their show, The Swinger University Podcast. I'll give a link to all of their stuff and their website, swingeruniversity.com in the description so you could find their OnlyFans, find them on Instagram, find their podcast. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Ed and Phoebe. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hi, Ed and Phoebe. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You guys are from a podcast called Swinger University. Yes, I yes. I yes, have please. to cop to something. I, you know, my Instagram, I feel like I used your logo once as a picture. <laughs> and, and what I wanted to know, I went back looking. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. I wanted to know, is that, did you guys get that logo made? Because A, it's good. And B, it does kind of look like Phoebe. Is that like your own creation? Someone made that for you guys? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a graphic designer. Oh, you are? Um, and have worked in the software industry for many years, but yeah, traditionally an, an, an art background. So you made your logo. I like it. I'm going to use it for yeah. your episode. It's great. But you guys have a podcast. So what's Fantastic. interesting about you guys, we're going to get your whole backstory because you guys met and were dating. Then you started swinging. You got married. You eventually recently, a couple of years ago, started a podcast about swinger swinging and swingers. And you were anonymous like I was. But recently you came out, which I feel like is such a great thing. I know that there's a backstory to that. Uh, so why don't we start off you giving your little shout outs to your uh, podcast, whatever else you have. And then we'll get your story. And then you can give your shout outs at the end. And I will include all the links to all your stuff in my description. 
Do you have a like a Hello YouTube channel? What's your deal? Yeah, Ed, do you want to go? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll rip through some of this stuff. So we um, we started our podcast in May of 2019, mm-hmm. and we'll get into some of the details about why we started it and, and whatnot. But um, we've been pushing our content up to our podcast for a number of years, and then just this October we decided to uh, show our faces on YouTube. And so we have a YouTube channel now and we're really stepping up production on the YouTube um, platform to, Mm -hmm. well, make ourselves a little bit more approachable. Um, And I think that was one of the big things with our faces. Um, In addition to becoming more visible, we're also doing OnlyFans accounts now too, which has been exciting and intimidating and a whole bunch of other stuff that comes with that. Right. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get into that. It's going to be a part of your journey and your story eventually, yeah. right? It comes up that you do the OnlyFans. But let's go back to like when you guys first met. Now, are we talking 30 years ago and you've been together that long? Or are we talking that maybe you guys met after you had other marriages? I mean, because I know that you did it. You started swinging when you were dating, correct? Correct. Yeah. Both been married, long-term relationships. I was this is my third marriage. I was in a sexless marriage right before this marriage to Ed. And I decided that's never going to happen again. And I wanted better sexual experiences. So I started dating and (laughs) fucking around and having a great time. You know, I was in my forties and free. So I started having some amazing experiences in my forties and I met Ed and we started dating and I thought, wow, this guy really is, I don't know. I really like this one, but I didn't want to give up some of that sexual freedom. So he started listening to a podcast called Sex is Fun. Mm-hmm. And there was a podcast on swinging. And so he talked to me about it and I said, oh, you know, I've actually thought about that. His eyebrow goes up and he's, he's like, oh, oh really? <laughs> So that started the conversation. And then what happened from that, I'm a researcher. So I, I decided, well, I need to know more about this. Like, let's, let's, let's get into this. This sounds interesting. And so I consumed my days just listening to podcasts at work, on the way home, on the way to work, just trying to gather as much information as possible. And how long were you guys dating at this point? Do you remember? Like, was it very early on? Was it a year into the relationship? No, it was pretty early. So we'd we'd started dating in, I want to say, February of uh, 2012. And we started swinging probably six months. Mm-hmm. I almost, uh, it's got to be six months. It was within the first year that yes. we were dating. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, right? but I Terrifying. think it's a better way to go. I think it's a lot harder to pull out a card like that. Uh, when you've been with someone for a long time, if it's like a secret desire or something, whereas if you just, when you're starting out a relationship, I mean, it doesn't have to be on the first date, but I think, you know, early (laughs) on is a little bit easier in a weird way. You would think it's the opposite, but because, you know, you don't know each other, so you might as well put on the table now, then 
if you pull something mm-hmm. out after 10 years, someone might look at you like, who the fuck are you? You know, I've been with you for 10 years. I never knew that right. you wanted to be a swinger, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, you know, I think that there's definite pros to bringing it up earlier rather than later, at least being open about what you're into sexually. I'm assuming, Phoebe, it's because you came yeah. from that place of like uh, no sex. What about you, Ed? Had you ever done anything that wasn't vanilla before this? Well, not really. Um, and, and ironically, I didn't lose my virginity until I was in my 20s. So I got Wait into college. Wait a second. How old? So 21 or 27? <laughs> uh, oh, early 20s. So I was probably 19 or 20 um, oh, okay. when I lost my virginity. So, But I went all through high school with dating, but no sex. Um, not me. I was a slut. Phoebe <laughs> was a slut until college. Really? You got you got laid yeah, before I, you got a blowjob? Well, I remember my first sexual experience in college was a blowjob, mm-hmm. and it was in the dorms. Um, and it, you, you know the the phrase "There's no such thing as a bad blowjob." Yeah, it wasn't the best blowjob. It was pretty bad, but <laughs> it was my first experience, so I enjoyed it. Right. That's hilarious. So you were very yeah. vanilla too. And now Phoebe said she, she threw in there. I don't know if people heard her that she was always slutty. But and and I assume because I was in my forties at one time that you know Phoebe, when you get out of that sexless marriage and you're in your forties, that's when women are the horniest, right? And so here you are, newly single. You had no sex, and now you're hornier than you've ever been. And you know, so when you met. Ed, you said when he brought it up that you had been thinking about it. Was that something that you had wanted to do previously? No, well, yes. Prior to Ed, in in between my marriages, I had been dating a man that was 30 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought, God, you know, he he grew up in that time when swinging was really popular. So I knew about swinging, but I knew it in the, like the movie sense, you know, the keys in the bowl, everyone just shows up the house and you have this massive orgy, which always um, sounded really great to me, um, which is not how it goes down, but I would love it. And I, I thought I brought it up to him thinking, oh, he's going to be all in. And he wasn't. And I was so disappointed. Oh, that's so, so funny. I kind of just had this, you know, this on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And when Ed brought it up, I was like, ooh. Yeah, maybe that's opportunity. Yeah, then you realize, oh, this is why I like this guy. (laughs) He was the real (laughs) right one. He really was the right one for you. So, what, what, how did your first experience go? And did you, let me ask you this real quick like, did you have, like, did you do a lot of talking about it beforehand and have any kinds of rules or boundaries set in place before you went to that first swingers party or club? Oh, yes. Yes, we talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And we had some rules. I think we may have even had the no kissing rule in the beginning because it felt too intimate to me. Yeah. yeah. Our, our rules were fairly basic because we didn't know what we didn't know. At mm-hmm. the time. And even though we've been listening to a ton of podcasts, well, we were kind of, we were in that analysis paralysis phase where we had so much information swimming around in our heads that the reality of what it was going to be like just seemed so intangible. Like there was Mm -hmm. no way we were going to connect those things. And finally we just decided to pull the trigger and go to an event. But we were like, okay, for this event, we're just watching. 
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You want to start your New Year's off right with some really hot stories? Then go sign up for Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories. No matter what you're into or what floats your boat, Dipsy has something for you. Whether you're into straight stories or queer stories or threesomes and moresome stories, you're going to find it on Dipsy. They have hundreds of stories to choose from, and they release new content every week, so there's always something more to explore. They also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and written stories as well as my favorite feature, the jump to the action button. So if you want to get right to it because you're super horny and you don't have that much time, there's a button you could press that's going to take you right to where the action starts. So what are you waiting for? Go get Dipsy now. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash strictly anon. Dipsystories.com slash strictly anon. Or just go to the description and click on the link to hear hot stories now. Right. We're Mm -hmm. just going to watch. We're going to go observe. It's like you know, going to a performance, we're going to see the theater, we're going to see what happens, and then we'll process it. So we did. And we ended up at uh, a local party. They used to run them in the back of Craigslist. They don't do that anymore. And we were, we were doing our research on you and read about or listened to you uh, going through Craigslist and kind of getting people to come in. And we were like, gosh, that's a great idea. If only they hadn't shut that down. It was the best. I I I cast my show for years. Thank God when it went down, I was up and running enough that people were just emailing me and I don't have to go looking anymore. But you found your first party there. Yeah, found mm-hmm. our first party on Craigslist. And it was interesting. It was a party called the Share Your Wife Party. <laughs> so we were a little intimidated by that title. We were like, oh God, this is going to be, this could be a total disaster. Yeah. Um, we have no idea what's, actually going to happen. So we showed up and we kind of stood in the corner for probably the first half hour, 20 minutes. And we, we met another couple there who seemed safe. So we huddled together and kind of commiserated and introduced ourselves. They'd been swinging a while ago and had kind of been out of it for a while. So they kind of gave us a little bit of their backstory and to describe the room, basically, it was like a junior high dance, but with <laughs> por- really bad porn playing on the TV. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Everybody was kind of just sitting around. It was dark. It was weird. Very awkward. Nobody was engaging with each other. And then all of a sudden, somebody burst through the front door. Oh, and it was like 20 bucks to get in. So it was like super easy to get in. And there were a lot of single males. Mm-hmm. So. All of a sudden, door bursts open, 
couple comes in and the woman basically just starts stripping her clothes off and going upstairs to the loft. We knew at that point, we're like, oh, we think the party's going to get started. So we're like, let's follow them. We get up there. She's naked. She's on the bed. They're having sex. There's a whole ring of guys around the bed. They're all jerking off. There's an older woman who's oh, probably in her 70s, usually in her 70s. She was a kind of like a hot wife situation. So her husband was in the background watching and college guy after college guy after military guy was lining up and having sex with grandma. Wait, so this was like a gilf gangbang? It was a 70-year-old woman was the one that was like the girl? Yes. Wow. No, there was a second girl. So there was was two. Threesome on the bed. Okay. And grandma. And they were, everybody was having fun. Wow. We were riveted, just fascinated watching this whole thing. The Mm -hmm. sounds, the smells, like you could smell sex. Um, And and we were really close to everybody, right? Because almost everybody in the party was piled around the bed watching. And we eventually got kind of crammed into a corner and there's a leg kind of like, moving right in front of us, you know, the kind of doggy style or, or on her back and the leg was just flying around and Phoebe was terrified that we were just going to get sucked onto the bed. (laughs) And so we were like holding each other, watching all of this, like super excited, but also very nervous all at the same time. So like emotions, adrenaline, everything was going like all at once. Mm-hmm. We literally sat in the car afterwards for about 20 minutes in silence, just trying to process everything. That I, oh my God. I Never thought maybe you were going to say you went into the car and then you just like couldn't keep your hands off of each other and had sex. I mean, were you super charged up and horny from it? Like, or was it almost too much information? <sighs> we were, and, and I think we, we went home and had sex. We didn't have sex in the car. Yeah. But, <laughs> definitely a little bit of both, like really horny from, from having seen all of this stuff, but also like just overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen live sex other than porn and the porn I've seen is, was, was gross or not interesting. And this was just, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was phenomenal. I was instantly turned on by it and needed more. And then did you continue to go to that party or did you start going to clubs or both? No, we that was the last, first and last of those parties that we went to. The next one we went to was from a local venue, um, Allures, and they had a glow party. And that was our probably our first actual sexual contact with other couples and one of the kind of the high bars that got set for many years to come in terms of experiences, just, just an amazing night. So Phoebe was on her period. Mm -hmm. We knew not much was going to happen because of that. Mm -hmm. And nobody was playing in the playroom. So we, and this was kind of our MO for many years where we would kind of just kick the party off. So we'd go in for a little bit of exhibitionists. Just a little bit. I mean, that's why we do a podcast in, in some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's funny but, that you became that person right out of the get-go, the, the, the people that start the party. 
Yeah. And I think it was mostly because we didn't find a lot of people we were attracted to mm-hmm. in the lifestyle at that time. Interesting. Um, okay. The, the demographic was much older than us and we hadn't, we hadn't gotten comfortable playing kind of outside of our, our particular group. And you spend the money and you take the time to get ready. I mean, this took hours, you know, to put myself together and you get there and I'm like, I want to have a good time. Right. So, All right. This you is know, what we're here I know for. I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a sex party. Let's see some sex. Yeah. So we got on the bed. Um, we were playing. Next thing you know, there's another woman who wants to play with Phoebe's breasts. Then there's a couple across the room that's given us the eyes and the come hither fingers. <laughs> All of a sudden, we we have this realization that there's eight couples and we're all doing like oral sex around in this circle all at the same time. Wow. It was amazing. And, and like almost no verbal communication. It was all kind of eye contact and nonverbal um, consent. Amazing. Just absolutely an amazing experience. And yeah. was that all like with each just within like you with her or were you guys all swapping and stuff like that? We swapped, I think, with two other couples. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, everybody didn't swap with everybody else. Of course, but um, there was you guys. This was your first time, though, that you guys were getting down with other people besides each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was that puppy pile situation on the bed, which I really, really love. Yeah. The, the woman that we were interacting with, we were mostly interested in her. She uh-huh. was, she was super cute. We, our nickname for her was Marianne for many years. Cause she was kind of like Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Oh yeah. <laughs> Su- just super cute. Never saw them again. I know. Um, it's one of those unfortunate things that happens in swinging where you meet a couple once and you probably never see them again. Right. It's true. Now, wait, how, now, Phoebe, were you down to get with women? Were at like, what do you, or how, like, how do you label your, yourselves sexually? Are, are you into women, Phoebe? And what about you, Ed? Are you open or are you just like strictly with women yourself? I was straight at that time. Okay. <laughs> That's how I labeled myself. <laughs> and I found a lot of frustration in the lifestyle with all the definitions of it being bi, bi from the waist up, selectively bi. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. And at one point in our journey, I was having a sexual identity crisis because I I found like I had to reassess where I was with my sexuality and I didn't want to. And Ed kept saying, well, you love kissing women and you like touching them. You must be bi. And I'm like, I'm not bi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want the label. And, and, it, and it took several years to, to just go, okay, fine, whatever. What the fuck? I'm bi. You know? Right. But, and, and it really, honestly, it took that one person telling me, this was a woman, she goes, well, you know, when you're, when you're kissing other men and you're with other men, or, you know, looking at other men, you don't like all men, do you? And I go, no. She's like, well, it's no different with women. Just because you like one woman doesn't mean you're, you like all women. And just because you're, you want to label yourself bi doesn't mean you love all women and want to have sex with all women. It's, it's the same thing with, with men as with women. Exactly. And it, it took some of the pressure off because I didn't understand that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just started just experimenting mostly with kissing and, and soft swap. And 
gosh, we are what, 11 years into the journey now. And I, and I, and I think I've had my, my third oral experience of going down on a woman in the last, this was two months ago. Oh, wow. The best. I mean, really after all this time. Yes. Because, you know, I'm awkward, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I know what, to, I know how to handle a penis. I know what to do with a penis, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? I don't know what to do with a vagina. I don't know what to do. I don't know what a woman like. But you would think 11 years, You. it was just till <laughs> recently that you were like, oh, I like this. It's right here. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I fucking love it. And all this time you've been passing it up for the past 11 years. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. A lot of, a lot of kissing and breast play mm-hmm. and, and kind of, you know, fondling and touching. Um, women are very soft and it's very nice to touch them. But yeah, the, the oral thing for, for Phoebe has been pretty recent. Yeah. And I, it's mostly just me feeling awkward and not knowing what to do and feeling, yeah. you know, a little self-conscious. I mean, if I had, I've had women go down on me and it was amazing. <laughs> so I was like, wow, women are great at oral. So, so because I had had that first, I thought, oh God, I can't, I can't do that. I can't. Bar do I? Yeah. I thought, well, how, how am I supposed to do that? Now I have to do that. Right. Right. Intimidating. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, I recently, I just jumped in and it was, whew, it was awesome. I actually made this woman come her, her legs clamped around my head batted my ears and I felt her shudder and the power in that moment of giving someone pleasure was the greatest high ever. You know, that was, that was, that was a highlight of 2022. But wait, what about you, Ed? Because I know that there is a lot of stigma attached to guy on guy action, even in the swinger community, which would you, you'd be, you would think if any place people would be super open, it's there. But I hear from a lot of guys that are into guys in that world, but you just really can't cop to it. Uh, You know, where do you stand on that? Yeah. So it's interesting. When we first got into the lifestyle, um, there was that rule. It was an, it was an unwritten rule. You never put it on your profile. You didn't talk about it. Um, but if you happen to be in the right situation with the right people, you could kind of let that freak flag fly and people were into it. So, um, we'd been to a house party where the host had, let it out that he was by and there was another attendee at his party and there were there was two guys going going at it uh, giving each other oral and phoebe was fascinated oh, um i loved it it, oh, it, was, it was very okay. interesting to watch that dynamic mm-hmm. um and, and to see how that played out um and and i'll, I'll just get it out there i identify as straight so i've I've had some experiences with men, but it was very casual and, and not, eh, I wouldn't even qualify him as sexual, but I definitely can appreciate an attractive man. Um, mm-hmm. It helps me for shopping for couples with, with Phoebe and I, for sure. Yeah. Um, Cause I know what she likes and, and I can, you know, kind of weed the people out that I know she's probably not going to be attracted to. Um, but what we've noticed recently that mm-hmm. that party and more and more people are actually starting to put it in their profiles. OMG, yes. Short for Oh My God, yes, is a website 
dedicated to women's sexual health and pleasure. And the good news is it is not just for women, okay? It's great for men and couples as well. OMG Yes is full of detailed science-based advice regarding female pleasure. And you get it all in up-close and personal videos. Everything from how to start and enhance your sexual pleasure as well as go way beyond it. Want to know how to edge out and have multiple orgasms, there are tons of tips on OMG Yes. I use OMG Yes. I love it. I think what they're doing is great and you need to go check it out. I know you're going to love it too. So go now to omgs.com slash strictly non for a special discount. That's omgyes.com slash strictly anon. That's omgs.com slash strictly anon, or just go to the description and click on the link to get your discount now. So we're seeing it on most of the swinger dating sites where they actually put it in their profile that they're by. And uh, we were on the Bliss Cruise this last November, and we were in one of we were in the big playroom in the solarium, and there were two guys, big puppy pile of people, two Mm -hmm. guys performing oral sex on each other right there in the playroom. Never seen that before in such a public place. And it was great. Like when we walked by, we were like, good for them. That's awesome. Yeah, right on. Why not? I think it has to, do you think it has to do with the demographics of, you know, the people, because you have the younger generation now coming into the world. I feel like it's just an outdated kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah, and we've seen that the the younger generation they're out, they don't care, they they're all about expressing who they are. Yeah. And even in media with the body images, of you know, course. you've got Victoria's Secret and Rihanna with our Savage X line and Athleta yeah. all showing different body types and that self-love of who you are in that moment and where right. you're at just and and so people are really starting to just come into their their own their confidence mm-hmm. and love love who they are and where they're at and to feel free to express that right yeah, and, and you're and, seeing and it in the, your world too that it's getting more open as well Absolutely. yeah definitely mm-hmm. and, and i think it's it's not only the younger generation too but because of the portrayals of sexuality because they're becoming more open when you have shows on television that are basically going, look, gay people aren't any different than, than the rest of us. Like, yeah. why is there such a stigma about this? It's open doors, I think, for a lot of people to be comfortable with whatever their sexuality is and say, you know what? You know, I, I like having sex, period. End of story. Like, I don't necessarily care who, what gender the person is that I'm having sex with. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's definitely helpful. I mean, listen, I have a child, a young son, and we watch TV shows. I watch ones, you know, for him. And I'm like, my son's not going to, if he's straight, he's not going to feel like the norm. He's going to be like, how do I come out and tell everyone I'm straight? Because every show we watch, it's only guys dating guys, girls dating girls. You know, I mean, it's just so different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so different uh, than when we grew up. And I think that that's great. But so now you guys start, now did you guys, were you open to full swapping? Were you really interested in seeing her with other men? And Phoebe, were you interested in seeing him with other women? I mean, what were your guys' take on that part of things? Yeah, that's, that's kind of how the journey started. 
Yeah, Ed was way more comfortable watching me with other people than I was watching him. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that took a while for me to get comfortable watching him have sex with, with someone. So I would primarily just focus on my experience, even though we played side by side on the same bed. I, I primarily focused on my experience and I didn't really look over. I would touch, you know, oh, that's the other woman and, you know, mm-hmm. Ed would reassure me, but visually I had a really hard time looking over, you know, just, yeah, it was, you know, it's that old programming that it's mm-hmm. not okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I grew up, I went to Catholic school. So, you know, yeah. in a household where there's no hugging, no physical expression of love, Sex was done in the dark. You didn't talk about it. So, I mean, to go from that to sharing your partner was like, I still had old programming right. that yeah. was really locked in there that said, that's, that's not okay. So only until, gosh, I don't know, about four, five years in, did I start to really enjoy that. I, actually, I started to get okay with it, but until about the last two years, I actually really like it. And I've been experimenting with just sitting back and just watching. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, I love that you bring that up because I have to tell you what I love about YouTube for my show, and I'm sure you get this too, is that you get the comments and you get the conversations going over there. And so I love YouTube for that. But I have to tell you that I have a lot of quote unquote hot wives or, you know, couples where they're open and the girl gets to fuck other guys, but she's not into the guy being with other women, you know, and they're not as far right. along in their journey, maybe as you guys, maybe 10 years, they will be okay. But it's more so I hear that the guys are okay and the women aren't. And the the comments are always like, that's fucked up and that's not fair. And But for you guys, what's interesting is that you didn't look and you weren't into it, but you allowed it to happen. You were okay with that, which is something different right. that I've heard. You know, I I hear all kinds of stories. This is why I love talking to I could li- talk to a hundred swingers and every story is going to be a little bit different. So you're unique, Phoebe, in that you didn't want to see it because you felt like it might bother you, but you didn't hold him back. No. Yeah. No. We had a conversation very early on when she was uncomfortable and I, I explained, I was like, look, I'm okay if you're going to play and, and I'm just going to watch for yeah. a little while. Yeah. But at some point, I'm going to want some candy too, because <laughs> I can't just watch forever. <laughs> okay, so right. I was going to give her a, a little bit of runway to, to have some fun and kind of get warmed up to the whole idea. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a completely different household where sexuality was open. My parents walked around naked. We went oh, to the wow. beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember being a kid and going to like hot tub parties with friends and everybody was naked. Like nobody bothered with with swimsuits. It was just normal. My, my dad was an artist and. Oh, um, okay. Well, maybe your parents were swingers too. You know, that thought has occurred to us so many times yeah. and it's a lot of speculation mm-hmm. um, <laughs> on, on our part. Um, <laughs> yeah. could, could have been, they were both, he was in the military back in the seventies. So it's quite possible. Yeah. So I was always really comfortable watching Phoebe because I love watching her have orgasms. I don't necessarily have to be providing them. Mm-hmm. She could be masturbating. She could be with another guy or a woman or 
two or three other people. It was great for me because yeah. I, I just enjoyed watching her have a good time. And we'd started off very much soft swap. Eventually, I think we finally figured out, you know, what what is this whole like full swap, soft swap barrier thing? Like, why do we have this artificial wall? Mm-hmm. You, you got a cock in your mouth. What's the what's the real difference there? And we had kind of an epiphany one day. We were like, you know what? Let's try it. If we don't like full swap, we can always go back. Right. And we met a nice couple. We had a great time with them. And now we're we're open to any experience. Mm-hmm. We like soft swap. We like full swap. Just watching. For us, the experience is always so different with every couple mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be just like straight to penetrative sex. So we're one of, I think, one of the few couples in the lifestyle that are open to everything. A lot of people we see in their profiles, they're like, look, if you're not DTF, just keep going. Like we're, we're not soft swap. We're, we're past all that. Those were like training wheels days. And we're like, it's still fun to watch. Right. This is still sex. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hear from those couples. I mean, everybody is very, a lot of times people are very specific. One thing I do always hear, and it sounds like you guys are the same, is that people do go in with a lot of rules and regulations and boundaries and they quickly, sometimes very quickly fall to the wayside. Like you guys said, you had that kissing rule, but did that fly out the window? That's always one of the first to go (laughs) for people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it did. It, it, it went out the window. That one was actually a little more challenging for me. I was, Oh yeah. yeah. I was a little, (laughs) I know it sounds strange Mm -hmm. saying this, but it was less intimate to give someone a blowjob than to kiss them. Oh no. I I think any woman understands that feels the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something about the face and the intimacy. And and (laughs) honestly, that's where it all starts. That's where all, that's where, the magic starts to happen. And we learned very early on that, that, you know, if you're, if you're not a good kisser, you don't know how to kiss or you don't know how to follow someone's lead while you're kissing, like in dancing, yeah. then it, then you're not going to be able to follow instructions well in bed. But, yeah, and that's I've, true. I've had that experience time and time again. If you, if you can't take directions and you, you know, while we're kissing, or if I'm giving you, you know, little bits of information and you don't follow that, we're, we're not going to have sex because it's just not going to go well. Yeah. We, we often consider kissing as kind of an audition. Yeah. And so when we're flirting with a couple yeah. and kind of out on the dance floor, if there's a little bit of kissing and it's really bad, we're like, wow, it's so nice meeting you. <laughs> Next. And then we'll, you know, very quickly transition to something else. Yeah. So now kissing is very important. It is very important. It is. And, you know, our rules would change sometimes mid-play where right. we would literally, we're on the bed with another couple and, you know, we all kind of look at each other and we start to have a conversation. We go, you know, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't start this evening, you know, expecting we would do, you know, X or Y, whatever the rule was, you know, that we were going to break. And Ed and I would look at each other and we'd look at the other couple and we're like, well, yeah, let's experiment. Let's do this. But if I feel nervous, mm-hmm. I'll let you know when we need to stop. And I just need to kind of take a breath to kind of process a little bit of what's going on. Yeah. But I'm fine. I'll just let you know. And so being able to have that open and honest conversation with a couple was was challenging but necessary in order to 
to get through it. And it's it's nice. Most, I mean, honestly, the fear was people were just going to be rude and reject you, you know, when you're feeling vulnerable in bed with them, but they're not. Swingers are the nicest people, honestly. They really are. We found that the the couple that you're having that conversation with in the playroom or in, you know, the hotel room or wherever it is that you're having your experience, if you start that dialogue and say, look, I may pull the ripcord because I feel uncomfortable. They go, oh, good, because I want that option too. Yeah. Right. You've, in a sense, you've opened up that that ability for people to be honest with you mm-hmm. and not feel like they got ambushed or they're stuck in a situation. They have to basically take one for the team. Right. Right. Which is terrible. You don't want to do that. We've all done it, but try not to do that very often. Right. Well, you, I mean, well, what about you then? So when he said to you, Phoebe, like, listen, you know, you're going to start be playing with some guys and that's cool with me. And I know that you don't really want me to be with other women, but eventually I'm going to want to. I mean, you know, how did, <laughs> how did you feel about that? And then what was that first experience like where you were like, okay, like now's the time. I mean, how did you make that transition? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember. I think it was just experimenting with that other couple. I think, I don't know if we actually, we, we didn't actually do the hot wife scenario in the beginning. We always played together. Yeah. So initially that's what I wanted. And Ed, even though he said it was okay, I felt guilty not allowing him to have that pleasure at the same time. I felt like I was holding him back. Mm-hmm. So even though he was giving me that gift to go forward, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it because I wanted to give that gift to him just as bad. Right. So we didn't move in that direction. We needed more time to talk it through. I needed more time to kind of process my emotions and thoughts about that. And then when we were ready to go in as a couple, that's when we did and had that first soft swap experience with a couple on a, on a bed. And now so many years later, you're de- not only okay with it, but turned on by it. Yes. Yes. Now it's I see. Very sexy. I now. see. <laughs> now you like to watch like a little cuck queen. I've had some cuck queens on my show, and I'm like, that was like the first time I started to hear about that. You know, I mean, it's like a new kind of term, but uh, and then you know, once one person calls in, I'll get like twenty other people, and I'm like, oh, a lot of women do enjoy this, and maybe some of them like I was like thinking a lot of times people are going to listen and be like, oh, maybe I'm that way, and I like that too. I mean, look, you didn't even know that about yourself. You figured it right. out as you went along. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you, you, yeah, I guess it was just a progression, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you had, as I have had multiple experiences, I don't always need to have a cock. I don't always need to be, you know, in the puppy pile. It's, it's nice to, I discovered to just, sit back and watch because you get to see so much more we, right. you know when you're in the mix there's a lot going on and it's a little like ADD you're trying to <laughs> what's my you know, focus on your experience but then you're like visually distracted over here and visually distracted over there which is great but it's 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 a bit challenging to manage 
all of that visual stimulus. And I'm highly stimulated by, you know, my visual. I'm very visual by nature. So going to a mall is like terror for me. I get so overwhelmed. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to look at everything. I like, you know, all the colors, all the people, all the dish. I just want to take it all in. So yeah. now having to sit back, you know, wanting to sit back and, and, and take this in is, is really nice and pleasurable. And some of this came about because of situations where maybe you weren't interested in anybody in the room. Yeah. And you were like, well, you know what? At least I'll get the silver lining. I'll get something out of this. I can observe and I can watch other people have fun. Yeah. And I remember one of the first experiences that we'd had like this, uh, the woman that I was playing with was, she was very into me. We've, we've played with them before and it's actually a little upsetting for her husband because of how much fun we have. <laughs> but she, um, she and I were on the bed and going at it. And we realized like mid whatever that everybody in the room was watching the two of us on the bed. It was, it was fantastic. Like we were so in the moment, we didn't even pay attention. And of course I kept checking in with Phoebe to make sure she was okay. She was like, Oh yeah, have fun. This is great. Mm -hmm. And she was just kicking back watching the mm -hmm. whole thing. It was, it was fabulous. It was a great night. And now, so do you guys, you're like going to, you go to swingers, clubs, you mentioned parties, cruises, are you strictly in the lifestyle? Do you ever, do you, are you also on apps like meeting couples outside of the clubs and stuff? Yeah, we, we, we are on SLS and Cassidy. Those are big in our area. Right. And we use those mostly just for finding out where the house parties are in the clubs because we really like meeting people in person. We, we have done those dates, you know, dinner dates or coffee dates, whatever, but um, they, in the past they haven't you know, really panned out. It's kind of hit and miss. It is hit and miss. So, you know, when you're at a party, there's usually some, someone for everybody. Right. And, right. and it's, it's connecting. It's, it's really the networking thing. It's like, Sales, you know, you you there may not be anybody there you want to play with, but you met another couple that also has a house party somewhere else, and then you get on their list. Right. Right. And now, now you've got another option. So it's it's all about the networking face to face. And we're also really in favor of meeting people face to face because profiles mm. are so one dimensional. I know. Um, not everybody can write well. Um, their feelings and their personality doesn't always come through mm -hmm. in their profile. The photographs are bad. Most people are not good photographers. Most of the time, there's not even a picture of the husband in profiles, which is one of our big pet peeves. And what no. we, one of the things we talk about all the time mm -hmm. in our, um, our podcast, uh, e even for normal vanilla people, like dating profiles, people yeah. are terrible at, at marketing <laughs> themselves. I totally. So we got really good at, at crafting our profile and really making it appealing to people. But we also realized that most people didn't do such a good job with marketing themselves and talking to them face to face and watching their emotions and their expressions and hearing their humor and engaging with them worlds apart Makes from them seeing their more attractive yes There's totally people that you see a picture and you're like eh, they don't really do anything for me but you meet them in person you're like wow 
that person really is doing stuff for me. I need right. to like, yeah, we need to get together. Yeah, I always look at people on TV that way. I'm like, I, I try to think of it backwards. Like, you know, this person, like, oh, he seems like he's like hot to me. But I bet you if he was on an app and he there was just a flat picture of him, I would have never chose him because you don't get anything from a picture. Right. I totally agree with you guys. Let's talk about your journey into the whole podcast world because, and also how you went from being anonymous to really coming out. I mean, that's like a very big decision. You know, why, first of all, did you start it? You did it when in 2019, you said you started it? Yeah. Yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. We got really frustrated with, well, you, you talk about it and you're going to. Yeah. So we started listening to podcasts, right? So we mm-hmm. were steeped. I mean, we'd listen to hours and hours and hours of all of the big podcasts that were out at the time. Yeah. And what we experienced was, one, there was a lot of conversation and a lot of the typical podcast stuff where people don't get to the content Mm -hmm. until way too late into the podcast, which was frustrating for, for Phoebe in particular because... You know, if the TV show is boring and doesn't catch her attention, she's changed the channel. She's on to the next thing. She <laughs> did right. the same thing with the podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what we were also finding, though, was a lot of the podcasts didn't help people get started. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have like, hey, this is how you start. This is how you progress. These are the, the s- specific situations that you're going to get into as a swinger and how you navigate those specific things. Mm-hmm. In a sense, what we wanted to do was almost a masterclass in getting started in swinging. So less about getting to know who we are and more about this is how you succeed in the lifestyle. This is how you get started. This is how you meet people. These are some tips and tricks, very practical, hands-on, concise. Here's some facts. This is how you do it. Mm-hmm. And we liked that. And we know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but we think it's very valuable to be able to go, hey, I can look up on Swinger University a specific topic, go right there and learn about that so that I can get through that first event. Or I can, you know, I'm struggling with uh, BV or mm-hmm. I want to know, like, where do I finally Swinger clothes? Like, mm-hmm. where do people do it? So we've got episodes that talk to a very specific aspect of swinging in order to get people started, in order to get them through that, whatever that next hurdle is that they're going through in the lifestyle. Yeah, no, I think that that's smart because people are always emailing me looking for that kind of information. And I'm kind of like, listen to my show or, you know, but I love when I do have guests on that do that because I think that there are a lot of people out there looking for that information. And, you know, listen, Phoebe had mentioned early on that when you guys brought up swinging, she went and did a deep dive and she was like Googling, you know, I'm like that kind of person too, but most people aren't, you know, so they, they want to be spoon fed the information. They don't want to go spend hours Googling about it. You know, they just want the fucking, give me the five best tips you have for swinging, you know, tell me exactly how to do it. And so I think it's great that you offer that for people. Yeah. And that, that, that is right in my wheelhouse, organizing information that mm-hmm. is like with my communication background and a researcher, I, I love gathering all that, condensing it down and packaging it. So it's easily digestible for people right. because we all have busy lives. So I just do it because it's fun. Yeah. For me, and I know it will help other people. And so that was also, you know, what helped us get this podcast forward. And 
What we've noticed, because um, you you'd asked about why we finally came out, and it was kind of twofold for us. One, uh, it was marketing. It helped us to be presentable, and seeing a face and associating a face with the voice, people could connect with us better. Mm-hmm. And we also realized that we're trying to destigmatize sex and yes. swinging right. and make it not taboo and not naughty and dirty. I mean, maybe a little naughty <laughs> and maybe a little dirty sometimes, <laughs> but it, it's not something to be ashamed of. And yet here we were being anonymous and yeah. not showing our faces. And we struggled for probably a year. So we were on a cruise and we talked to some longtime old school podcasters um, pen and page from Swinger Diaries. And we had dinner with them. It was a great conversation. And they asked, just out of curiosity, why aren't you out? What was the decision for you? And we were like, well, one, we're kind of afraid of what would happen with our, our outside lives, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our normal vanilla lives. Is it going to affect our jobs? Is it going to affect our families? And for the next year, we kind of stewed on it and it processed and we thought about it and we talked about it kind of like everything that we do. We we do a lot of thinking and talking and and communication with each other in order to get through stuff. And we finally said, you know what? My parents won't care. Mm -hmm. Your mom won't be in any of the circles, you know, six degrees of anything (laughs) to find out. So probably wouldn't find out. Although if she did, it would be terrible for her. Devastating. The the old school Catholic would kick in and we're we're going to hell. But my kids are all grown up. Um, We have jobs that don't have that in the policy where, you you know, we would get fired. And that was one thing I looked up right away. I was like, yeah, the whole ethics clause. Yeah. And so we finally just said, you know what, what, why not? Let's do it. Let's come out we don't think our lives are going to implode because of this. And so far they haven't, but we also haven't gotten really big yet. So who knows Mm -hmm. the implosion may come. Um, But so far it's been really positive for us. Mm -hmm. And when we were on the swinger cruise and when we've been at events and we've, you know, we've worn our our t-shirts and stuff to kind of market the the podcast and to get people to approach us. Cause we like, we like meeting people. Like we want to hear their stories. We Mm want to learn just like you figure out how they tick and how they do it. Yeah. What, what struggles did they go through? Cause that helps us to one better understand our perspective, but help other people who are struggling with those same things. And the response that we've gotten from us coming out has been phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. people will walk up to us and talk to us and they're like, we love it. It's great. Appreciate you guys doing that. And it, it's been it's been all positive so far. Yeah, that's great. And then, I mean, did you have like an audience? I mean, and it also is a smart way to get people over to your YouTube channel, right? I mean, that's just a, you know, because YouTube is visual. I mean, I'm anonymous right. on my show. So on YouTube, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to do it? Because my YouTube channel was doing good. I'm like, oh, I want to do some videos. So I just, I don't know if you saw, but like on my YouTube channel, I do like my torso yeah. shot. I mean, it's kind of thirsty and funny and it kind of works, but it's like, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank we you. did notice that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think but, that yeah, that's great. Have... Yeah. 
yeah, you have to have something visual, something that people can connect to. Yeah, we we'd had a few conversations because I have a, a graphics background and and I'm really good with software and visual production and yeah. doing the video editing and whatnot. So I could think of all kinds of different ways to kind of mask the faces mm-hmm. and, you know, do the witness protection program, you know, <laughs> yeah. mosaic filters on people. We were going to do like little animated cartoon heads for a while. And I was like, you know what? All this stuff feels really corny. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and being a visual person, cropping my head off or cropping Phoebe's head off as an as an artist and a photographer, <laughs> it really bothered me. Like it yeah. violates all of the the rules for uh, composition. But for sure, yeah, uh, yeah. I get people like, uh, "Your camera is too low." I think you positioned it. Imp- I mean, that's not the, <laughs> the majority of people, but every now and then I'll get someone like that. I mean, most people know by now that's my thing. But uh, and because right. my show is called Strictly Anonymous, uh, for, I became anonymous by accident. I have to say. It was it was only because I thought my show would suck. I didn't even know it was going to be about sex. It was like everything yes. happened sort of backwards and it just kind of came together. And then it just kind of worked. And now it really works. So I'm always like, you know, there's a price for my face. I will eventually probably come out because I hope I become big enough to do it. But at this point, because it right. really, in a weird way for my show, because what it's about, it's not about me. It's about the other people anyway. And it is called Strictly Not, yeah. but it kind of mm-hmm. works. But I think it's amazing that you guys, were able to do that and that's a part of your journey because you could also help other people with that aspect of things you know as far as their journey of being swingers because here you are like you said trying to normalize it or make it more you know make it acceptable but you were hiding out and now that you come forward and the fact that you did both and you had that transition I think is also really great too because you could explain it and help other people yeah we we think that there was that benefit um And it's funny when you talk about kind of the imposter syndrome and like, uh, this is going to suck. I hope nobody, I hope people watch it, but I hope nobody watches it at the same time. We go through that all the time um, with our episodes. And I think the first year uh, we were very critical of everything that we produced. And with YouTube, it's been a whole extra layer because we went from, you know, one dimension audio to three dimensions with cameras and lighting mm-hmm. and getting our hair done and all that kind of stuff. So it, it's been a journey for sure to, to get comfortable with that and to kind of put ourselves out there in more ways than one. And now do you still have your, you know, like your careers, are they still in place? And has anyone in your vanilla world, like, found out that this is what you guys do or are you still kind of like even though you're out on your YouTube you're still kind of not out in your whole life yeah we're we're not out in our whole life uh no one from my current job has found out although mm-hmm. I have I've had conversations with co-workers where I've probably disclosed a little too much about <laughs> camera equipment yeah. and lighting mm-hmm. and microphones because, you know, I, I work in an audiovisual environment. Yeah. And they started asking questions, and there's Phoebe in the background because we work in the oh. same office. And she's behind me going, No, no, call it off. Call don't it off. Go there. So, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have definitely strayed to that side. Now, interestingly enough, we've both, through previous employers, run into people in the lifestyle that we worked with. Uh-huh. No way. Which was, 
hilarious terrifying. and scary. And then it turned out to be really sexy and kind of hot too at the same time. Yeah. Did you hook um, up with them? I, I had a, uh, I tried to, we tried to hook up with all of them, Did but you, you didn't get to nope, either. No, nope, none of them. It, it was one of those things where it was super hot to be like at work and, you know, typing away and they'd walk by and you give a little wink, right? Like, cause yeah. I know what you know and you know what I know. Yeah. But nothing ever really happened. And I think we're both a little disappointed in that because they were, they're sexy people and it would be fun. And of course, now that we don't work there, it's, it's even less awkward potentially. Yeah. So wait, now tell me about your OnlyFans now. How did, how did you get into that and what do you do over there? Like what would people find over there? Sexy fix videos. We got into that. We were talking with a woman at our local nudist resort who is a chatterbait model. And I, you know, here, here, I, here I am, like, asking a lot of questions. Like, really? Tell me more about that. How yeah. does this work? For three hours, I talked to this woman. And I said, I, I, I couldn't believe she made the money that she makes right. in there. And she's like, oh, she's like, Psh. I said, it's... It, I said, it's probably too late for me to get into something. She's like, no, there is an endless amount of money out there. And she, she, I go, well, how do you, how do you like dictate it? Like your whole day must be just, you know, busy. And she goes, oh no. She goes, if I'm taking a shower, I just film it. If I'm in the hot tub, I just, you know, she said her vacation, one of her vacation there at that nudist resort was paid just because she was in the hot tub that morning, putting her feet in front of the light in the hot tub. And, <laughs> and she sold it. that video. Yeah. And she sold the video and paid for her day there at the resort. I'm like, get out. Right. So of course that took a year of contemplation. And, and then she came over and I had to ask her a whole bunch of questions and I wasn't going the route of chatterbait, but I thought, you know, yeah, maybe we could do some, some photos. It started with foot photos, right. but, na- but now it's way past that. Yeah, now it's like <laughs> full-on porn and everything. On OnlyFans. So that's what people could see if they go there. I mean, you do custom videos, stuff like that? We do mostly stuff that that's more story-based that we like to do. We haven't done any custom stuff at this point. We will. But we, if we get a request. We haven't gotten any requests yet. We're, um, we're fledgling OnlyFanners. Um, and... I think a lot of it was I've always really enjoyed watching Phoebe, taking pictures of Phoebe, videoing Phoebe. It, it's hot for me. And mm-hmm. I think kind of in the back of our head, we're like, you know what? We're getting older. Our retirement plan, you know, maybe we just maybe we just make some passive income this way. Like we'll keep it separate from the podcast. Like it's not the podcast. That's still free. We're still you know, pushing that content out. Why? Cause, cause it's helpful and we like to contribute back to the community, but you know, if people want to pay to see our junk, <laughs> why not? Like, why not? This is, this would be fun. Yeah. I That's don't see it. Not. I think it's a part of your brand. You know, it's like your podcast is your, is your podcast, but then you, you, you create a whole brand around that and there's everything is an extension, but it's like all within that. So I think that that's great. And I think only fans for a, a couple like you would be a no brainer. I mean, I get, I, I just did a Q and a for my Patreon. They're like, someone's like, why don't you do an only fans? I'm like, because 
it doesn't make sense. It doesn't go with my show. You know what I mean? I can't right. have other people on my OnlyFans. And my show is not about me. But, like, your guys' show is about you guys and, and swingers and sex. And why not do that? I mean, if I were you guys, I would. Because you can make some good money. And it is a way to just extend your brand and create more content and uh, get a larger fan base. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. Smart. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is it's a different expression of our sexuality. Yeah. Like we've exposed a couple times, we're exhibitionists. We like playing in front of other people. We like having sex in front of other people. There's no bigger audience than the internet. No different, right? right? It's like the biggest sex party you've been to. (laughs) Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're starting the party like you were at those small places, but you're just doing it online. And like you said, to t- tons of people. So your exhibitionist side is getting your full, fill, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's sexy for us as a couple, too, to be able to take pictures of each other. And, and honestly, I've learned a lot in this process where people about the different kinks where initially I go, ooh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised at that. I'm surprised somebody likes that. And then I start to think about that and I go, huh, well, gosh, you know, I mean, there's really some, something for everybody out there. And if they really like that and that really turns them on, then maybe I could give that to them. I mean, if they really want it and it, that's their thing, my, my thing, right? you know, it doesn't, it's not what turns me on and it doesn't compromise, you know, then you have to think about does it compromise what I want to do, you know, and how I want to my body to be shown or what I want to do for money. Um, you always have to assess that, but if, if it's okay and fits within that and you go, gosh, you know, yeah, I could, I could provide that to somebody if they're willing to see that and pay for that. And that's their, that's their kink. And sure. Why not? You know, it's right. all about whatever you're into. And I'm always surprised what people are into. It's kind of fun. It's crazy, but it's fun. Oh, yeah. I just had a girl on. I'm airing her um, this Monday, Naomi, and she like hooks up with this couple. <clears throat> and she's like, yeah, they're into, you know, corruption kink. And I'm like, what's that? But then she's like, also, you know, monster kink. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like monster dildos or like real monsters? She's like, no, like monsters. Like they have like these really high end costumes. I mean, it's just like so fascinating. Wow. And I'm like, doesn't matter. I mean, I have almost 600 episodes and then some, and I still, it's always amazes me that I still will hear about new things, you know, <laughs> it's like, you can't believe it, what people are into and, and they will pay for it. I mean, I have a lot of girls on who do, who are in the sex work business or they have only fans and they do cater to guys in that way. And I mean, you know, it's, it's crazy. The kind of request that, that, that could come in that, you know, you just can't believe the shit that guys will pay for sometimes they'll even pay for giving you money i mean there's this whole thing that i'm just learning about called findom right yeah yeah yeah. they just want you to take their money like that's what it is i'm like holy shit so i think that's (laughs) great that you're in that now to give out all your shout outs so for people that are listening they want information newbie couples that want to get into the swinging lifestyle, your podcast will be great for them. Give that information and then your, as well as your YouTube, I'll put links to everything in there. Do you have like a link tree thing that you could send me that has all your links on it? Well, we also have a website. So swingeruniversity.com. Okay, Okay, perfect. And Mm -hmm. on that, you can find all of the different sites and services that offer the podcast, Um, links to our YouTube, links to our OnlyFans, um, links to our Costa Rica takeover, which we're doing in June. So we're actually doing a vacation, which 
and it's through a friend of ours who's a, a promoter and she's helping us to organize that and set that all up. But we still have room. Wait, so give some information about that if people could. So that's something that you're uh, like a swinger vacation that you're doing and people could. Yeah. yeah. Okay, give some information about that. That's interesting. It's right in the jungle. It's in, in the Hako area of Costa Rica. It's at this boutique yoga resort. So it's beautiful. There's, I mean, it is literally like being in the jungle. It's a manicured jungle, but it's gorgeous. And there's 20 rooms and the whole vacation is facilitated around um, getting people to interact with one another. There's classes every night in the playroom on vlogging or um, squirting. Squirting, and then they have the uh, other toys too, the Sibian. And what's also included in the vacation are excursions. So a lot of the adult resorts, you can't leave. It's not safe. And you wouldn't want to because you spent a lot of money for them. So, but this resort, you, you, you get excursions with it. So you get outside of the resort, which is other opportunities to meet people and connect with them. So and you can be naked anywhere. In the resort, yeah. In the resort. Except for in the dining room, which is pretty typical. And what's interesting is most of the excursions are together as a group. So at other swinger takeovers that we've been to, everybody kind of breaks off and scatters and goes and does their own thing. Mm -hmm. You can do that on this particular trip. But there are a couple excursions and there are a lot of activities where everybody does it together as a group, which is great because you get to meet people and interact with them and see them having fun, which is way sexier than seeing them after you're tired, after doing ATVing all day and you're dirty and that's it. Like that's the end of your day. We're all acting through these things together and we get to interact with them, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's like foreplay too, because sometimes, you know, how many times for you, Phoebe, as a woman like that, we meet a guy and you don't, have any feelings for him but after you get to know him you're like you're like oh and now i find him fucking hot you know like <laughs> because you've exactly. gotten to know him a little bit so, so i think that that's great that you do push for that interaction with people because i think that maybe some people will find people they're more attracted to maybe that they didn't realize because they're getting to know them outside of the bedroom too yeah yeah, yeah we're going to do some fun stuff too as as podcasters, and of course, there's pool games and some fun activities, but we're also hoping to make it a little bit educational as well, kind of keeping with the spirit of, of what our podcast is all about. So a lot of times people will be first time or first swinger vacation, and they'll come on these kinds of trips, and it'll be great for them because we're going to help. We're going to help bring them on board and come over to the dark side because we have more more fun over here. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. So it's like Swinger Vacation 101. So if people want information yeah. on that, they could go to your website, swingeruniversity.com. Yeah. Or what is your website again? Yes. Say that again. Swingeruniversity.com. Yeah, swingeruniversity.com. Your podcast is Swinger University. Your YouTube channel, Swinger University. And like I said, go to the website. I'll put your website and all your information as well as your OnlyFans. If you want to see more hardcore stuff, you could go there. That's a little bit more personalized. But thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story. I'm going to use your uh, thumbnail when I'm promoting your, <laughs> my Instagram. Is that cool? I like it. You know, I'm very visual and yeah, I like, fantastic. I try to find good pictures on Google and somehow I found that once and I liked it enough to use it. I stole it from you guys. Um, but thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. 
Thank you. It was so lovely speaking with you today. Yeah, we appreciate it. it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have fun in Costa Rica. I'm a little jealous. (laughs) We'll come on down. I I always said I'll I'll be a swinger like when I'm 60. Toronto Unicorn, she was on my show. She's like, why are you waiting until you're 60? You're still hot now. Do it now. Yeah, come while you're young. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Thanks, you guys. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.